Welcome to the Thirst for More podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, where we sit down and talk with strength coaches, personal trainers, nutritionalists, and other professionals in the fitness and strength and conditioning field to help athletes, parents, coaches, small business owners help level up their game to provide athletes and clients world-renowned success, either in the weight room, on the field, or on the platform. Enjoy today's episode. On episode 23 of the Thirst for More podcast, I sat down and talked with Kayla Diamond, who's a good friend I met through Elite FTS and while she was at the Spot Athletics. Kayla's got her bachelor's degree in athletic training, and she's also got her master's degree in sports administration. She holds her CSCS, her CISSN, and obviously she is a licensed athletic trainer still as well. Kayla is the owner of Evolve Health and Performance, and as she mentions in the episode she likes to also mention that she's also the co-owner so they make that very clear um, but that she's also a former division one certified athletic trainer um, and she still does some athletic training based things in terms of continuing education and trying to help people and some essentially like some prn work for the athletic training population um, but she's also worked at the spot athletics which as i mentioned is where i kind of met kayla and how we kind of got to know each other and then through Evolve, she's been able to help people lose weight, feel better, empower themselves, and just become better, more full versions of themselves, whether that be through the weight room, proper nutrition, and overall general health. She's kind of done it all in terms of competing. She's tried bikini, powerlifting, strongman, and figure. Um, and then she also currently lives in Florida with her husband. So Kayla has a lot going on in her, in her life and what she's been able to do, and uh, I think she has some very unique skill sets with the athletic training side as well as the strength and conditioning side. Now she's kind of blended those things together to be a very well-balanced coach. Um, Evolve is primarily an online-based uh, business, and so her and her husband primarily do that. Her husband um, also works for the Minnesota Twins, so he's currently was not available for the recording of this episode, um, but they together run... Um, evolve and they like I said they help people conquer their goals and they do a really damn good job of it so this episode we kind of talk about her 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 business and how that works and how she has navigated that online community but also being somebody that has been in the trenches both on the athletic training side and the strength and conditioning side and how she uses those mixtures of experiences to help her clients and athletes get results through the online platforms I know that's becoming a more popular area of expertise and I like to sit down and talk to people that do that because everyone does things a little bit differently but hopefully you can see why Kayla has had such great success uh, with Evolve Health and Performance. So enjoyed episode 23 with Kayla Diamond. Hey Kayla this is Brandon how are you? Good Brandon how are you doing? I'm good how are things in Florida? Florida's doing it's Florida thing. Uh, It's it's a hodgepodge for sure, but at least the weather's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks for coming on. Um, I want to give you first the just chance to kind of let everybody know who you are, what you do, kind of how you got to um, starting Evolve and what you do with Evolve. So kind of give us your your background into how Evolve came and how Kayla decided to do all the awesome things Kayla's done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so my name is Kayla Diamond and I am the, I say co-owner because my husband would get mad if I just said I was just the owner. So he's yeah. like, um, <laughs> of Evolve Health and Performance. So what Evolve Health and Performance is, it's basically a platform for people um, to learn, to grow, and to have guidance from a coach who wants that person to pursue their true potential, whether it be for sport, whether it be just for life, um, you know, and always coming back to the point of having a balanced life, whatever that might be, and always having the thought of continual evolvement. I don't know if that's a word, but just yeah. always be, always be evolving is our thing. We're, we're never settling. We're always evolving. So it's a coaching platform that we made. Um, we actually started it in 2018 
And since then, we have had, we've, our roster of athletes and clients have grown tremendously. And I was able and fortunate enough in February of this year to take it full time. So this is my full time gig. I don't do any in person coaching anymore, which was definitely a transition for me. But um, here we are, we have two awesome assistant coaches, uh, we have just a support team um, under Evolve, and I actually now coach people in their own online fitness coaching ventures, which is kind of cool to kind of bring it all back and, and just impact a greater um, level of, of, of people, which I'm super excited about. Right, right. Yeah, that's, um, so I know we met through basically our late FTS ties when you were still in Ohio. Um, and then I, I think you might've been getting your master's at that time. I can't really remember. Um, but talk about your athletic training background. So I know that's, that's obviously that's what your bachelor's is in. So I think that's probably obviously what you initially wanted to do. Otherwise you wouldn't have went through and got that whole degree because I technically started an athletic training myself, uh, for the first year. And while I loved it, I just did not, um, like everything that like, I don't know. I just felt that strength and conditioning was a way to try to hopefully prevent you from getting death like trainer in the first place. Um, and I love lifting weights. So I thought it made a little bit more sense, but talk about your athletic training background and how, what you've done with that degree. And then maybe if you, I know obviously you're doing this full time, so you're not using as much, but if you maybe perhaps use that degree at any point in time. For sure. So we'll talk about first just how I got into it. So I played sports growing up. I wasn't the best athlete. I'm going to be honest. I was one of those athletes who were easily injured. Uh, I just kind of wanted to be a part of the team. I, you know, a lot of people say, well, I was just awesome athlete. No, I was not a good athlete. I didn't have the work ethic that I have now. Um, and so, which is interesting, um, just you can, where I am now, but I wasn't like the best like athlete, but I knew that I just loved helping people. I loved being part of the team and I loved helping people as much as I could. I just remember I was always the girl that I would help people with like their acute injuries. Like if they, I was a softball player. So if they slid in the base and, and they were bleeding everywhere, I'd be the first like, oh, let me help you if our athletic trainer wasn't there. And so that just became a passion. I actually thought I wanted to do physical therapy, but it just ended up academically not working out. So I went through um, my bachelor's in science for athletic training and post um, bachelor's, I went to get my master's in sports administration. But while doing that, I was doing a uh, GA at Western Kentucky University and working as an athletic trainer for swim and dive team at WKU. And during this time is when I decided I wanted to also do strength conditioning because these swimmers were coming with more like chronic and persistent injuries more so acute injuries. I, I get a few uh, divers like getting um, getting uh, slashed up by the boards and stuff, but nothing that I ever had to act very quickly on. It was always a repetitive injury or just something nagging or imbalances and things like that. So what I actually ended up doing, I talked to our strength conditioning coach and I said, can I also intern here while I'm doing my GA? And he was like, absolutely. So I would wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I would go and I would work with the track and field athletes at 5 a.m. And I would do this all before I had to do a full day of swimming and diving athletic training. So I, my day was insane. And throughout this, I got to create really great relationships and I got to learn so much. And so I would take my athletes in the weight room for rehab they would all, they all had to do a screen by me to make sure there wasn't any imbalances and if there were, how to fix them to make sure that they were swimming efficiently. And I incorporated all this stuff and I was like, man, I really love strength conditioning. So I ended up getting my CSCS and that's when I moved to Columbus because my boyfriend, now husband at the time, went to Ohio State for PT school and we both worked at the Spot Athletics. So now it was more of a transition from um, just athletes to more general population and even strength sport athletes as well, which we got into powerlifting and helped a lot of powerlifters along the way. I still did athletic training on the side. I would cover a lot of hockey games, interestingly enough, and I actually love the acute medicine part of it. I love the first aid part. And that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. And then when we moved back to Kentucky, I actually decided to pursue athletic training full-time. I worked at a K through 12 school and I absolutely loved it. But the cool thing was is that I had complete autonomy in what I did. 
And I actually implemented a ton of ACL prevention programs for uh, the female athletes. It was a small school. Our graduating class was 60, but in sometimes when you have a small school, those athletes, especially female athletes, kind of get pushed to the wayside as far as really good care. And I wanted to make it really accessible. So I would have um, hours in the weight room that I would put in and have athletes come in the weight room for their rehab or whatever they needed. I even had a treatment table in the um, weight room. So that way I could like also tape or, or I could also evaluate an injury while my students, like so like my interns, I had interns, they could help run strength conditioning programs. So I really tried to make it a full approach. I would even um, implement like the FIFA program for soccer athletes um, uh, in preseason. And I would actually begin the practices for a lot of the teams as far as warmups and drills to do to um, just to help with agility and to help with uh, um, balance and strength at the very beginning of the practice. And that was a lot of fun for me. So uh, I was kind of all encompassing. During this time, I was also personal training. I had some strength athletes on the side, a couple of online clients, and then moved to Florida. We move a lot. <laughs> That's what happens when you work in athletics. My husband works with the MLB. So we moved to Florida, and I decided to do personal training at a box gym that I absolutely hated. And <laughs> Eventually, I tried to make it my own. Again, I had complete autonomy, so I had athletes that I trained there, younger athletes who that was my favorite. And then I decided to just kind of kick off my online thing. And now I do this full time, and I have we have around 70 clients for Evolve Health and Performance. And I also coach um, some current athletes on their nutrition in season. So that's really cool too. So that's kind of like where I am now from out, starting an out in athletic training, thinking that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And now I'm here. So that transition was hard. I'm still a licensed athletic trainer. So I could, I do go and do like PRN stuff a little bit. And that just because I enjoy it and I get just to meet people and, and talk with them and, and, and help them with what they're dealing with as far as like chronic or rather persistent injuries. And how I use that for Evolve is, you know, I have several clients who have injuries or have had previous injuries. And so we're big on communication. We'll do Zoom movement screens. We will, everything is tailored to them. And at the end of the day, Brandon, um, injury prevention is just good coaching. And if you know how to be a good coach, then you can help prevent injury. So it's really a lot of people want to put injury prevention in its own thing. And I just, I, I've seen it time and time again that injury prevention is just straight up good coaching and knowing your anatomy and physiology and understanding the needs of the athlete. Right, right. Yeah, I think one one big caveat there that you said with the athlete training is that like obviously you have to be licensed to do the essentially like taping ankles and some of the acute care, but really if you have got the injury prevention side and seeing the chronic injuries like while that still technically falls underneath you as an athletic trainer because they're to come to you for treatment and you might prescribe some stuff. It's like, you know, ideally if the weight room is doing some of the stuff that they should be doing, or if that's, if it's not part of the program, it gets implemented as part of the program, then in the long run, it should benefit the athletes to where your injury rate should be going down. And, and ideally programs are tracking those numbers of how many kids, obviously the big time colleges, as you know, they, they are all about tracking those numbers and who's in what practice and, and what their injury rates are, because if they're not doing that, that's kind of how they make decisions of from flipping the script on their, their staff, especially, especially football. Um, yeah. So I know that's something that we, we track uh, how many kids are actually injured in total, how many injuries you've actually had. And, and luckily we've only, we've only had one major acute injury and that's just a broken uh, fibula and that's just from a twisted ankle. So, I mean, like, I feel like that's really good when you add up the amount of coaching hours. It's like, it's not ironic that our kids are not getting hurt. You know, they're, they're staying in one piece and that's just, like you said, good quality coaching and good, good training. And it goes a long way. And that's, that's what nudged me that, that way. So the online stuff is very interesting because that's where I kind of, I've, yeah, I've done both too. And I still do it a little bit. Um, and now I'm going to be doing a lot more with Jason Brown and, and box programming. So I've basically been hired out through somebody else, which I kind of like because now I just get to coach and not have to worry about the business side. Um, so I guess talk about, uh, let's go a little bit on the online stuff with Evolve. How, 
how does that process work with you? Every coach does it a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, how do you go about not only acquiring a new client, but once you get them, um, how you um, work with your, your training systems and, and how you do your, your check-ins, kind of give people a glimpse of how you do that at Evolve and what, obviously, if you've got 70 clients, obviously you're doing something right and you wouldn't be doing it full-time. So um, to kind of give people a glimpse into what that life looks like. I think when people talk about like online training, it's very, I don't know, there's, there's such a big spectrum. There's some people that do it so well and there's some people that just like shoot off a document and then never hear from you again for like a month and then they just update it. So kind of talk about that. Yeah. So I'll go from like client acquisition to surviving and thriving for Evolve. Yeah. So let's talk about client acquisition first. So I think the big, what, what was the big shift moment for me was actually investing in my own business coach because I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought that if I created content, people would come to me and sometimes they would because I did have, you know, especially working at the spot and, you know, being connected with the lead FTS in, uh, in a small way, you know, I, I had a little bit of, of a power base and that's what, you know, people that are close to you who know, like, and trust you. So I had a good power base, but I just wasn't getting new clients and I wasn't getting the amount that I thought that I should get based on my content and based on my education and qualifications, because you can be the smartest coach. You can be the best coach, but if nobody knows about you, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Right. So, so from client acquisition, it was a more about first being really confident in yourself, not having that imposter syndrome, like knowing that, okay, I am qualified to do this. I have helped many people and I am qualified to help this person. So client acquisition, as far as getting leads, um, you know, just reaching out to people and having conversations. A lot of people are afraid or don't want to sound salesy, but you're really just creating a conversation. And if they're a good candidate to get them onto like a quick free discovery call, do it. And then if they are a good candidate to get on like a longer, we call it like a 60 minute call or a sales call, quote unquote, do it, qualify them. And, or, because that's important, right? You don't want to, you can't just help everybody. If you, you know, you have to figure out like who it is that your ideal client is and who will actually be compliant and who wants to work and who is committed to their goal. So it's, uh, you know, a qualification process for both of us on that end. So we go through it. And if they decide to pursue on, we go ahead, we onboard them right away. We send them the contract, we take the payment, we do all of that good stuff. And then the cool part about what we do is we do an orientation call with all of our clients. So you don't just say, hey, oh, cool. You gave me your, your credit card information and your client now, you paid all this money, your program, here's your program. I'll see you in a week and we'll figure out how it went. So a lot of people get a little, that would be overwhelming for some people. So we'll actually do an orientation call that actually takes care of all of that. So we'll help create like sample meal plan. Okay. Not just giving a meal plan, but helping people show, show them what they can eat in a day as far as nutrition and what good nutrition is and help develop really great habits. But it will actually, we'll go in depth about their dieting history. And this, I know this is getting into the nutrition part of it, but it's so important. Their dieting history, their relationship with food. Then we'll get into if they have any current injuries, if they have any past injuries, what moves bother them, what, what they don't, what moves don't. And their actual like plan. So I talk about like programs versus workouts. So I tell these people like, Hey, I'm not just going to give you a bunch of random workouts. That's not what we do. We create a, a whole program, whether you come on for three, six or 12 months, at least you're getting an actual program. It's going somewhere. There are goals within each phase. And that makes people feel a little bit better too, because anybody can just like Google a workout, you know, and just run that through a few times. And programming is super important to help prevent injury too, as far as overuse, as far as overuse goes. So we'll do that orientation call. We send them a gift. We send them a tank top, a book or something. Well, like we'll send them this little, I know everybody can't see this, but we'll send them like a little postcard that says like, welcome to the family. How can you evolve into your highest self today? Like we're big on that kind of stuff. So just really showing clients that we care. Um, they have 24 seven access to the coach's cell phone number, which I know it sounds kind of crazy, but you know, and, and then that just creates like a higher ticket, higher level of service, especially if I have an athlete who might need a little bit more help. Um, will, will that higher ticket, it, it, it needs to happen just as an energy ex exchange, right? Because as coaches, we can over deliver, over deliver, over deliver. And 
sometimes it, it can take a lot out of us. So we have to manage our own energy too. And that's important. So then um, they schedule, they, we do weekly check-ins, whether somebody does email accountability only or um, Zoom call accountability weekly. That's how we run our check-ins. They fill out a form. They fill out a Google form. And the cool thing about the Google form is, is we check their biofeedback markers there. So we check their sleep, hunger, recovery from training sessions, their energy, digestion, and stress. So that is so important when any kind of training or nutrition protocol or both, that's so important because there's so many other things that go into um, your, either your weight loss, weight loss goal, strength goal, performance goal, besides just training and nutrition. So we come at it from a holistic approach, which really helps people alleviate stress. And if we're always stressed and we're always, always have bad stress and we have elevated cortisol levels, you know, we can, inc it's increased risk of higher injury. Um, you know, you're not going to meet your goals as far, especially if you have weight loss goals and, or you're not going to recover as far as building muscle. So we take into those accounts as well. And then, yeah, then they're th alive. They're thriving and they're doing great. And, you know, we have that we're constantly communicating. We have a hierarchy of needs for Evolve. So we have a, a kind of a pyramid, I guess, if you will, of what typically matters most when it comes to actual programming. So first, the very foundation is behavioral lifestyle and adherence. If, if the training program, you can't adhere to it, uh, you don't like it and or it hurts and you're not excited about it, then it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, so getting that down and then getting like a good movement pattern down and getting just like your basic movements and seeing how that flows and we'll have clients send videos our way. And so we'll do a detailed breakdown of the technique and then, you know, we'll do a GPP block. Okay. So not really just a conditioning block, but maybe just preparing their tissues for the hypertrophy phase. Um, we, we will go into like a building muscle phase because as you know, you can't take somebody who's never done anything before right into a strength phase. You've got to have build up a little bit of volume, a little bit of tissue adherence and things like that. And then we'll get into a strength phase. And then if it's appropriate, we'll, we'll potentiate depending on the athlete. Um, but that's kind of how like we do things as a whole. I let my coaches have autonomy because they're good. And we all kind of specialize in something a little different, which is makes us really um, unique and jive well together. And I trust them too. I was very, we just hired our second assistant coach and I was very picky on who it was going to be um, because I wanted somebody different, but I wanted somebody who had that like hands-on experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, that's, that's definitely very, very in-depth for what most people would expect to get. Um, my wife works personally with Alicia, so we definitely understand because Alicia is very like that too. And um, it's nice for her. I, I don't know. My wife's not had anybody bad. So like I, I have had somebody that whenever I started that was not very good. It was like, hey, here's a four-week training block. And when I would communicate something wasn't working well and nothing changed. Like that was a, a red flag. But um, so I was like, you know, you're very, very – blessed to get somebody good from the get-go because like you, you know as you get somebody good you're probably not gonna leave especially if you have that personal communication um and that's what we do at our gym too um is just try to make that personal connection on top of what we do because what i tell our coaching staff so between me and my wife and my part-time coach and then the interns that we have is that at the end of the day well our if we're picking good quality exercises that we're coaching them well for the majority of our kids what we pick as long as they're big on the basics is probably not going to matter all that much you know whether they do a, you know a dumbbell row or a chest supported row or a machine row like if we need back strength it's probably not going to matter for that kid but if we can make communication with that kid and tell him why this is going to help and show that we care and and do stuff like that then we're gonna get more buy-in and they're gonna have more work and then it's gonna pay off down the, the long run so um the ways i was talking about that is because when you're working with online the same thing I think happens is that you can't physically be there in person. Hopefully there's some educational content and showing that you care that like, you know, okay, you swapped one exercise out. It's not the end of the world. The training program is not broke, especially if we did our job and educated you and, and showed that we built you into the system appropriately that you can make educated choices. And that's what we try to tell because we run a very similar business model to what you did at the spot with jail's very um, semi-private heavy. And we are too, 
we just have a membership, a very exclusive membership base on top of it, which I think JL kind of had that because he had some of those um, mm-hmm. string sport athletes that were in there. I know when I visited, there were some in there. We mm-hmm. have the same thing where we have a very limited number of people to be like, come in and do powerlifting and stuff like that. So yeah, that part is uh, very everywhere and don't clean it up they're gone <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly right and people find it weird that we hammer people on putting their weights up and stuff but i mean it's just it's just respect for the facility especially when you've got 12 and 14 you know i mean we we make our revenue off of kids I mean, we do personal training too but i mean 70 80 percent of our revenue is strictly youth athletic development so if we're not taking care of our kids then you know the the, the money that we need to stay open is going to go away so we have to definitely quantify that um so in in terms of evolve as well and that's how you work with your clients that's really um interesting how you keep them i guess what um because we're kind of we're personally seeing this i'm trying to get my wife to the gym full time now um the whole cancer thing kind of slowed that down for us what was your biggest how did you decide hey i need to bring on an assistant where was this this like bubble line of like, this is too much or, Hey, I can do it because I will admit I have this problem myself is that if I feel like we can't get it done, then it's, then it's on me. I, I have, I'm, I struggle not only to delegate, but when I delegate, I still am like, I can do more. So I don't have to delegate as much. Like I don't want to put this on to my assistant coach or my wife. Like I can do it, but I have to be honest with myself that I work and you understand this. I work 70 to 80 hours a week and it's not always necessarily in the gym. It's everything else. How did you figure out where that bubble line was um, to get somebody to help you? Yeah. And I was pretty lucky because I did have a great business mentor who I actually work with now to help others. Um, and he's like, Kayla, come on. Like you can't, you can't do all this. And I was really struggling, even though, I mean, people think like, Oh, an online coach, you can work like from the beach and do all that. No, I, I will work 10, 12 hours straight in a day without getting like getting out of my chair. I, I could. And it's been a really hard, hard balance. And I, cause I used to get 10,000 steps by noon and I'll be lucky if I get 10,000 steps a day because I just, I can sit in front of the computer and work all day. And uh, my energy was, you know, going down, my energy was going down and I wanted to grow Evolve. And the only way that you can really grow and really scale is to outsource and or get help. And I knew that if I, cause I wanted, that's why I didn't name it like Kayla Diamond Fitness, right? I named it Evolve because Kayla Diamond only has a, like a ceiling, but Evolve doesn't. Like I could have eventually 20 coaches underneath me if I really wanted to. And if nobody knows who Kayla is, I don't care, but I want that omnipresence of Evolve Health and Performance out there. And so I needed the right people to help me do that. Um, My husband always said that he would help, but he's been very busy with baseball. So I was like, I need somebody who I know, like, and trust and who is that. And so the guy that I used to work with here in Florida, he was a really good coach and he's a young kid kid. I mean, he's like three years younger than me. I sound, I sound like so old. (laughs) Um, so he was, he, as far, but he just didn't have a ton of like extra experience. Like he needed that kind of mentorship. He needed to learn and grow from other people because he was so, so smart, but he wasn't surrounding himself with, you know, good people at all. So I, so I brought him on Evolve and I've kind of mentored him in a way. And I just know that for me, like my personal roster can't like be too much or my coaching quality, I'll be the first to admit it. Like my coaching quality doesn't go down, but like my energy quality goes down. So I will just run myself ragged and I just know that that's not going to be long-term. And I, you know, eventually Adam and I will have, have kids and I got to think about, okay, how can I make this sustainable? And we grew very quickly, very fast. And, and how can I create um, an environment that will prevent me from burning out? And I had to bring the right people on. It, it has to be the right people. Don't just hire to hire. You know, it has to be the right people and they'll come when the time is right. Um, but yeah, so I, I just knew that my, like, I knew that my cup was not, you know, it was being emptied over and over again. I couldn't do anything on the weekends because I couldn't go to the beach with my friends because I was just programming all day and like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. That That's unfortunately like where, where I'm becoming to realize because we had that we're having the same problem where we're growing very fast and it's almost some people are like oh well that's 
that's unfortunate. Your business is growing fast where it's like, yeah. unfortunately it can grow so fast to where you might actually lose leads because you can't provide the quality that you had been providing in the past. Cause people hear about you and generally they probably hear about you because of the, the quality and the care, not necessarily just the results. I mean, it, it, in our field, if you're not getting results, you're not going to be in business at all, period. Um, I feel like that's almost like a, a given because we're a results-driven business, but what makes the great from the good is the the care and the quality. And when that starts to fall off, then you're just another person. And so being able to try to keep up with that. And that's where I feel like our hangup is slowly becoming to, to realize, at least to me, maybe it's not there yet. I think we're doing a good enough job, but I know that I'm trying to wait until the beginning of the year for my wife to be able to come full time because of all insurance and, and medical reasons. But um, yeah, that's a very interesting thing. And I never thought that I would have that after, after two years, but it's just not at the um, online aspect. So well, online coaching, Brandon is, is going to become huge. There are these men, the, the mentees that I have are, are going to be the next up and coming. So we have to keep, our quality in check. We have to make ourselves stand out or they'll just run right over us. You know what I mean? So the, the world is never going to like, there's plenty of clients for everybody, but you need to find something that differentiates you. And that over was, is going to be human connection. And if you're too stressed and you're too worried about outsourcing, you're, you're not going to be able to connect with your clients. And that is what people create. Like people don't buy coaching, they buy coaches. And if you can't provide that, then they'll find somebody else who will. Right. Yep. That's a, that's a really good point. So I guess talk about a little bit about your own um, competitive endeavors and how maybe that's helped you with evolve. Cause you've pretty much done it all from um, powerlifting, bikini. Um, I think you've done some strong man. So Talk a little bit about that, maybe which one you enjoyed more than the other, or which one has maybe helped you um, in terms of running Evolve and how that, because I know each each sport's got its own little, I'll say sport loosely. Um, each one has their own caveat of challenges. Um, and so go and talk about how that's helped you and Evolve. Yeah. So like I said, when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of work ethic. I was just naturally lazier. And I like, I think I am still like a naturally lazy person. That's why I have like these routines in place. And that's why I can compete in so many things. That way I can keep my drive going. Um, so I'll be the first to admit that. But I started off actually in bikini um, just because I knew that I wanted to take my fitness and physique to the next level. So I did bikini for two years. I had no idea what I was doing. I, you know, I didn't really look that great. I just looked like I, you know, was on the treadmill and that's about it. So, but it all is a learning experience. And then I got into powerlifting and I, I powerlifted. I loved it. Um, it's one of those things that I would always compete in again um, because I just think there's so, something so cool about absolute strength and being as strong as you can uh, and competing against yourself. And then figure I've dived, uh, I've done two figure competitions, pretty brutal preps, but um, it was definitely worth it. Uh, my second prep went much better than my first prep. And, but I think I decided that never say never, but I don't think I will do that again. I just, I, I uh, in order to be really on it with figure or any physique sport, you have to have that, like, like I come first mentality, you know, and it sucks because like you have a husband, like I have a husband, I got a dog, like I have clients. And so that you have to kind of put yourself first in those situations. And I don't like that feeling. Um, and for, in order for me to be really good, some people are naturally just a, a physique athlete. Me, I had to like work extra hard just because I don't have that naturally. Um, so, and then I did strongman, which I absolutely loved, um, but I am not an overhead presser. And so if strongman didn't have any overhead pressing, I would do it all the time, but just, I've, you know, my, all my, the day of my competition, I saw three injuries. I'm like, mm, like I love strong man and I love, you know, lifting heavy shit and running really fast with it. But I just, with the overhead, I zeroed my overhead press event actually. I, cause mentally I was just not there um, with it. And I was scared and I was nervous. It's something that I could definitely improve on, but you know, I love benching so much. And I was like, I don't think I could go away from benching for this long. So 
Strongman was awesome. And if it didn't have overhead pressing, I would keep on doing it. But I think it's really important to note that because I've done all these things, I'm not, I don't excel in one area. Um, and I know that I knew that in order to be a really, really good athlete, I would probably have to stick to one thing and be really good at it. Like you're really great at powerlifting. I mean, you don't do like physique shows or anything like that. Like you're that that's you and you're really great for that. And you have world records and, you know, so I just, I just want to say like, I know that. And, but I did it because I wanted to show one women that it's possible Two, I wanted to show myself that I could do it and stick to it. And I just like competing. It's fun. And it, it definitely opens up people's eyes to a different way of training. I also think it's important to do many different things because if you are, let's say, and I know, I don't mean to single this crowd out, but like the bodybuilding crowd, typically, if somebody's a bodybuilder, they're going to train all their clients like bodybuilders. And you can't do that. <laughs> you, you can't give somebody a meal plan that has like fish and asparagus on, on it and have them do like body part splits six days a week. That just doesn't work for everybody. And you have to understand that that's where like knowledge comes into play. A lot of bodybuilders, and again, I don't mean to single this out because bodybuilders are awesome. And there's a lot of smart bodybuilders out there. But unfortunately, people buy into looks and they buy into looks for women too, but not necessarily their educational background. And that really hurts other people. Um, I have had many clients come on and say, yeah, I used to be trained by this bodybuilder. And now like, and she made me eat, you know, my dinner out of Tupperware like six times a day. And it's just, it doesn't work for everybody. And the reason why I wanted to do so many different things is just to expose myself to different things in avenues and know and, and tell people like, it's, it's awesome to be competitive and to be strong. Right. Right. That that's the biggest probably problem with our, our industry is that the, the looks usually drives the, the selling more than the actual um, background and, and number of people you've worked with. Um, I'll admit that and my wife hates me for this, that, you know, like yesterday I had three cookies and two donuts and popcorn. And like, I'm still like 10% body fat and that drives her nuts. And, and I'm like, you know, that's, that's just genetics. Like if I really, really wanted to diet hard, which she's trying to talk me into doing a, a show at some point, but, um, cause she's trying to do one eventually. But I was like, if I, if I really wanted to diet and get lean, like I could, and I probably would do relatively well for my, for my size. But I was like, I, I personally hate that that nutritional side of it. Like, I don't like doing it. I never have. It's just not, you know, I, I've done a couple shows myself early on in my career and like they were fun, but like to me just lifting heavy stuff and trying to get as strong as possible. That was way more enjoyable because I, I'm somebody that relentlessly works hard. And so like I'll work harder more so than I will like try to cut back on what I eat. And to like me, that's not working. That's being like very, very, very disciplined and I can work harder, better than I can do the discipline parts. That's why I like powerlifting. But um, this, yeah, this field has that problem. And that, I would say that when we get interns, it's what we have to teach them. And we can tell where their backgrounds have been through the way that we have to, like, we make them write sample programs at the end of their internship. And then we, I don't want to say grade them, but each one of our coaches gets one question to try to rip that program apart. And so they got to be able to defend it. So we call it our program defense. And we can see when they have like a hypertrophy background or they've got a, um, you know, a wrestling background or powerlifting background because they're going to try to pick stuff that they're very confident in programming, which I, I tell them is great. You know, like if you don't know how to do something, don't program it. Like if you can't perform a TGU, don't perform a program a TGU because you're gonna have to coach that at least in, in my realm with the in-person aspect, you know, online, ideally you should be able to coach it too. But I guess, you know, if you, if you have a video of you doing it, you can send them a video of it. But like, I actually got to get down on the floor with the kid that's never done a Turkish get up and like walk them through it. And it's a very complicated exercise. So like, if you can't do that, don't do that. And, um, you know, that doesn't, you know, that's not sexy on a resume, but you know, how many power lifters can do a, a Turkish get up or a bodybuilders can do a Turkish get up? Probably not very many. Most of them may not even know what it is because it's not in their training regimen. And, you know, understandably so it's not going to pack slabs of muscle on you, but um, yeah, that's a big, big problem that we probably can overcome too. And when we work with, with clients and they say, you know, I don't want to look like you. That's probably the common thing I get. And I'm like, you know, I was like, you, you just don't understand. It doesn't work that way. Like 
I, I wish I could do more and I've been doing it for 20 years and I'm still not quite satisfied. So um, that's very, very interesting that you bring that, that aspect of that piece up um, with the, the hypertrophy thing. I would say that the bodybuilding part is probably the most common just because of maybe this is, maybe I'm showing my age here a little bit, but maybe that's because of the magazines and um, the, now it's probably more so websites, but people look at like how to get a bigger chest or how to get a bigger back. And you're going to find more hypertrophy programs where, you know, you won't see that in necessarily a, a strongman background or a weightlifting background. Those usually become a lot more movement specific yeah. sports first looks. Yeah. And that's marketing too, you know, like marketing kind of, it was hard for me because you have to kind of speak like your ideal clients would speak and then bring them in and then change their life in ways that they didn't think were possible. And so when kind of speaking, you might have to sound a little superficial at the top because you can still like, I can, I can program you to have a big chest. Absolutely. Is that like all that I do? No. You know what I mean? Like I know so much more than just that, but Hey, like if you're, if you're wanting to come on here and get stronger and get bigger, let's do it. Um, and then obviously I can do that in ways that they've never done before. It best get them better results. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other, the other thing that's going to be bigger in the online programming now is that you're picking better quality movement choices versus just programming the basics. So I think, I know early on, especially if you would have asked me 10 years ago, what are, you know, five exercises I would have put in every program, it probably would have been squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, and bent over row. And then now I think I'm like, well, those are great big bang for your buck barbell exercises. Now when I'm working with like athletes and the average Joe, and I'm like, I probably wouldn't program any of those just because of the movement quality and safety. Like we can get just as good a result, if not better from different exercises and programming schemes, because their goal is to not squat, bench, press, deadlift, overhead press, and bent row like their goal is to look better without their clothes on or feel better and move better and different exercises can provide those results not only faster, but probably with less wear and tear over the, the long haul. Yeah. Cool. What are your, what are your top five? I have to ask now. Um, so what we, at least what we use in our gym for our athletes, it's either a safety bar box squat or a front squat, um, a Swiss bar floor press, um, hex bar deadlift, um, either the inverted row or tripod dumbbell row, depending on we want to do dual arm or single arm. Um, and then I would probably say if I had to pick like one catch-all abdominal exercise, it would either be a suitcase carry or a half Turkish get up. Those yeah. would probably be the ones that I go with now. In terms of overhead press, if I had to pick an overhead press for like the fifth one, it would definitely be a landmine. Yeah. Press. We don't, we don't pro, we don't program a barbell overhead press at all at our facility. Oh, really? we'll do some half kneeling dumbbell and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's landmine or neutral grip inclined dumbbell benching for all of our overhead work. We don't have too many athletes that can truly get overhead. Um, at least not that I can think of now on top of my head, maybe a couple power lifters here and there. There was one guy that was interested in strong man. So we had to do it for him a little bit, but I had him incline press more than I had him actually overhead press until he was ready to go to like a log or something. So what would yours be? Oh, I knew you were asking that. Uh, it's you know, it's so funny because if you if back in the spot, if you would have asked me, my my answers would have been mirrored your answers. But now that I'm coaching many people online who do have a aesthetic goal, they change. They've changed a lot. So um, now the again, a lot of these are so Bulgarian split squats. Probably one of my best, my favorite ones to program. So many different variations that you can do. Uh, so I do love Bulgarian split squat. And if, if somebody's really trying to grow a leg, like, like hypertrophy leg press, like a vertical um, 45 degree leg press, load it up. Absolutely. Uh, for leg growth. Um, dumb, like single arm dumbbell work as far as like incline, flat, any single arm work is awesome. I love that. I know I'm, I'm kind of being general here, but it is so different because whether, like I said, for you, squat, bench, deadlift, overhead, press, bend over row. Yeah, that's, but when you have somebody who, you know, maybe who goes to Planet Fitness and doesn't have a, a squat rack, like you have to get very creative. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so um, stuff like a dumbbell RDL, like a heavy dumbbell RDL with straps, love it. Love it for posterior chain development. Um, you more often than not have to have straps for that to load it any certain uh, weight. Uh, hip thrusts, barbell hip thrusts, uh, big one for me. Again, it's it's very low low injury risk, low learning curve, and that's that's important when you're online coaching. Low low injury risk, low learning curve. I'm not going to program a Turkish get up unless I know and I've seen them do a Turkish get up. Um, any kind of inverted row or pull up variation because you can vary that in different ways. Um, I do like a barbell pull up. So where they're doing a pull up on a barbell and their feet are on the ground. I do yeah. like that a lot. But yeah, it's just things that are low injury risk, low learning curve and can build some, some mass for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when I would say that's our big thing with our personal training clients is that, you know, usually you'd want to think about those big exercises and there's a couple of personal training clients that I work with. And like, we would, they have the strength to be able to like, box squat with a safety bar or be able to front squat or be able to do like a sumo deadlift. But like the real, the real thing is, is like the, the two clients I'm thinking of that I work with, that I'm thinking of that primarily about this, they have that strength there. One is in her low sixties and the other one's in her like mid forties. And like, they just have no desire to do those movements. That's not an interest to them. Their goal is to feel better and move better. And, um, you know, basically move around the house better and go and they got to do things like not hurt. So like, does my 63 year old personal training client need to, you know, front squat or safety bar squat? No, like just different goblet squat variations and tons of single leg work, like are going to give her those results that she wants. And same thing with the, you know, the mother that's in the mid forties, they have this, the same thing. Like they just want to move better and feel better. And they kind of view that those exercises of getting them bulky. So like, I know it won't, but if like you talked about, the beginning is that buy-in like if they don't want to adhere to it then why yeah. am I even going to program it to begin with but like if that for some reason like for example she loves uh goblet squatting on the pit shark so we give her 23 pound dumbbell and then we load up the pit shark with the weight and like to her that is way more appealing because she she likes the fact that she feels her legs working and everything but she doesn't have spinal load and she doesn't see a barbell she doesn't see 45s on it so like you know it doesn't doesn't freak her out. So I think that's a big important concept of programming, which I kind of want to talk to you briefly about this too, is that I think part of being a good online coach is working with people in person. Because once you've had to realize how that interaction works in person, it's way easier to do it virtually versus if you've never worked with anybody in person, like trying to figure out how to communicate, how to do exercises through a, uh, a keyboard can be quite challenging. 100%. I, I chose my second assistant coach um, because she's a PTA. She's worked with people in person, training and injury prevention or injury rehab. And that's, that's really important to me because we, you know, you, yes, you can program something on a sheet of paper, but how do you even, how do you know if it works? How do you know if it flows? How do you know what coaching cues to say in, in your, uh, in your words when you're, when you're writing this program, you have and that's, that is another thing. There's a lot of online fitness coaches coming up who have never coached in person. And do you need to, it depends on who, who your ideal client is, depends on who your clientele is. But if you're working with somebody who has a serious physique, serious strength goal, um, has injury history, you need to have been able to see how it flows and you need to be able to have put your hands on them and, and then like be able to coach with coach them. And honestly, I think a coach, like a really good coach can do that and do it to like nine people at once. Uh, and then to get everybody to buy in because that was our big thing at the spot. We, would, we were semi-private and we would sometimes have accidentally have nine people in a group instead of six and we'd have to make it work. And if you can see how it flows and see um, exercise pairings, then it, it's just so much there's, it's just so much better when you go to program online. Cause then you actually look like, you know what you're doing and the, the clients like, I can't, why would I do this and this back to back? It doesn't make any sense. It just seems like they're putting something together on a piece of paper and they, they probably are um, because they haven't done. And, and too, look, I've had people say, well, I do, I've done every single workout that I give my clients. Oh, really? You, you, you bench 315. Like, you, you know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I trained so many people who are stronger than me. I've never felt that load, but I have felt my own load. And so I do know how that feels. 
but I'm, I'm also not a wrestler, right? But I can still program a wrestler because I have that education. And I think when people say, well, I have, I've made sure all these programs are legit. I was like, you were just doing five sets of 10 of basic movements. Of course you've done those. Like challenge yourself. And that, that's, to me, that's what makes a good coach. They know, okay, hey, this isn't my style of training, but I can program this. To me, that's what makes a good coach. Yep, yep. And when it comes to like the, <clears throat> you just said like doing the actual exercises, I think it's, it's, it's important that you, if you do want to try something that is you, you play around with what you might program. So I've, I play around with stuff in my own stuff. I usually have like a, it's either usually the Fridays or Saturdays at the tail end, I'll give myself five, 10 minutes to play around with what I'm programming mm-hmm. for my athletes or what I have in mind. And like, there's a med ball exercise that I was trying um, last weekend with my wife for some of our baseball players. And I was like, I've never sequenced these two med ball exercises together. So I'm just going to play around with it and see if it makes sense. Like, can it, can it legitimately be done because it sounds really great, but it may not flow that well, or, you know, there could be a a limiting factor and um, it's nice to be able to play around like that. And online, that's definitely gonna be a little bit more challenging, but you know, obviously if you, as you do, you, you train yourself, you can play around with it before you start, start implementing um, a program like that with, with your clients. So I guess the, the, the kind of final thing is, is um, with Evolve and everything you're doing, where is the future of Evolve going? And um, you know, what, uh, I guess in, in five years, where do you hope you see things? Will you still be in Florida? Will you know, your husband still be doing baseball, that kind of stuff? Yes. So in five years, um, you know, hopefully we have a family. That's number one. Um, I don't think we'll be in Florida in five years. I think we might even be back in Kentucky, back to our roots. Um, I see Evolve going as not just a coaching platform with several, I do see several coaches underneath of us uh, or alongside of us programming many different styles of, or many different uh, styles of clients. But I want to start eventually coaching coaches um, in training and programming specifics on specifically online coaching. There are stuff like that for nutrition that I actually participate in, but I think there is a big disconnect with these online coaches coming in who don't know how to program and don't understand some basic training principles. When I was interviewing for my coach's position, it will astound you like when they don't, people don't even know what a training philosophy is. And they, that's important. I mean, you might not have that, but at least knowing what it is and, and where it could be. Yep. Um, so eventually I want to make a, a co- coaching course and do that and start. I have actually coaches that I do train. Um, I train them as, as like nutrition only clients, but then we also talk business and programming and stuff too. So I actually do coach coaches in that regard, but I want to make it a little bit bigger and I'll be able to do that and I'll be able to be more creative and have a bigger vision if I hire more people to help get actual clients. And I know that I can't do that unless I have that help. And so I see us having um, several coaches with several different disciplines. Like my one newest coach, I would love her to become prenatal, postnatal certified, uh, postpartum certified uh, and work with, um, women who are, who are pregnant and who postpartum. I think that would be really cool because we're not getting any younger and we're all going to have babies at some point. So I think that would be cool. Ian, my other assistant coach, he's really great at like habit-based coaching, nutrition coaching, um, things like that. So I want to be able to bring people on that have different disciplines. Um, you know, we have a website for more long form content and I want to actually bring other coaches on and write for us and more of like an advisory board. So kind of like an elite FTS situation uh, where people can, like, let's say that you don't, don't, didn't have elite FTS to, to write on and you wanted a platform, like you could write a blog for us. You see what I'm saying? So it's like all encompassing thing um, that people don't look for just coaching, but look for education to help their own clients too. Yeah. 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 That educational point is, is very big. We try to do that on our blog too. We try to usually obviously gun it towards, our specific area and clientele. Um, but also I think the big thing for us is definitely the search engine optimization part of it too. Um, being an actual brick and mortar gym mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we got to have people physically show up and step foot in the place. We can't, um, just have a, a website there to be there. 
um, which thank thank goodness for COVID. If whenever I went from working, you know, 60 hours a week uh, in a gym to none, I had 60 hours a week to now work on Google search engine optimization. And man, did that pay off? Because whenever we opened, I mean, I felt like our clientele just like went through the roof from an athletic standpoint. So um, I know that a lot of people ask me what I think the biggest takeaway is on, on not necessarily online, but in terms of like website and building a presence, like, man, figure out that search engine optimization. It's hard in 2020 um, because there's, everybody's got a website now, but I mean, like, you know, if you've got your niche and what you want to focus on, like we know ours is obviously our 25 mile radius of our gym like that. That's what we got to kind of gun for. So um, that's very interesting to bring that up too. So, uh, Kayla, I guess any last things you want to add something maybe we glazed over, um, anything additionally, and if not, I guess kind of share where people can find you, um, and all your evolve, evolve, um, health and performance stuff. And that way they can learn more about you. Well, I will say that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Like I said, guys, I'm not a natural, I am a naturally like chill, little bit lazier person and I but I have set habits to make myself and I'm really disciplined um I could totally I'm I could be one of those people who could just sit in front of Netflix all day but knowing that I fill my day up and I get it get shit done and I am disciplined in that regard so just because you say like I'm this I'm that like you're really just you're creating your own story that's not there right like we, we define, like we define our own reality. So whatever you say, whatever story you create yourself can become true because what you're, what you look for, you're going to find. If you look for woe is me when this happened with COVID, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm sucking like this sucks. I can't get out. And then it will. Right. Like if, but if you have that positive, um, look out outlook and you create a better story for yourself, then you're, like what you want to happen can become true. So you'd hundred percent define your own reality. Things do not happen to you. They happen because of you. So if you're not where you want to be in your sport, if you're not where you want to be in your physique, your strength, your business, your education, it's on you, nobody else. And I think people, that's really important. Things do not happen to you. They happen because of you. And that is what I wanted to close off with. Okay. That was good. Um, yeah, so you can find uh, me specifically at underscore Kayla Diamond on Instagram or Evolve at uh, Evolve underscore HP. That's our Instagram. We also have a website. It's Evolve Health Performance. There's no and because that was already taken. Uh, and that's pretty much where you can find us the most. I mean, like we do have a newsletter that goes out weekly that if you went on the website and you put in your info, you get it. Um, but yeah, so you'll be able to stay tuned with all like the stuff coming up and, and I was saying, you know, if you do not know where you want to go in your online coaching business and you're stuck and you really want to explode in that, um, I do work with like the NLCA. So the next level coaching Academy, I'm assistant coach for them. And Chad has completely changed my life. Uh, if I did not start working with him in February, I would not be where I am now. And, um, you know, where I'm able to make this a successful business and have this full time and sustain it for my future family. And if you're really wanting help and you're really wanting to grow your business, then you need to invest in that help. Just like you ask your clients to invest in you. It's not different. It's, it's no. so, so uh, check that out if you're interested. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Yes. Thank you, Kayla. I'm glad to see you guys are well, there's a lot of good information there and some stuff to help me with the, the online coaching. I, I limit what I work with. I don't, I just don't have the time anymore. So, um, and I, I'm shifting all my stuff to box programming too. So, um, he's kind of given me a cool platform to be able to do some stuff. And, um, I basically just kind of basically went the route of your assistant coaches. I basically went to help somebody else and, um, kind of, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing I thought about whenever he offered me that was, I was like, you know, it kind of gives me a branch of the people that I particularly want to work with. And, um, it, it, the gym is my baby. And so, you know, box programming is his baby. So I have people that help me with my baby. So now it's my turn to help somebody else with their baby. And I, I think it works out relatively well. So, um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, glad you guys are well though in Florida. Um, and 
I can't wait to have everybody listen to this whenever we get this up. So um, I'll talk to you soon, Kayla. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Thirst for More podcast. Give us a follow on Spotify, iTunes, Google, and other streaming services. Feel free to visit our website, thirstgym.com. That's T-H-I-R-S-T-G-Y-M.com. And click on the podcast tab to look over show notes and extra free resources. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at Team Thirst. That's T-E-A-M period T-H-I-R-S-T. Or you can give me a follow at B Smitley. That's B-S-M-I-T-L-E-Y. For more updates on future episodes to come. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, and we'll catch you at the next episode.